Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO, Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Dan, good to be here. Thanks. Chris, glad to have you back. Uh, a couple weeks off as we work through our, our quarter-end materials here uh, for the strategies, but uh, let's jump right back into what we're seeing out there in, in the marketplace and the economy. Um, and I think I'll start with uh, what we're seeing out there in terms of stocks and home prices, Bitcoin, wages, job openings, <laughs> uh, right? All of those are at, at all-time highs. Uh, we're seeing inflation today at its highest level since 1990. Uh, so, you know, question for you, why do you think that the Fed is continuing to hold down interest rates? And do you think that they're, they're holding these down to further increase asset prices and inflation? Yeah, it, it's, it's not as much to increase inflation as it is to support asset prices. Uh, you know, the Fed's and, and quite frankly, support uh, deficit spending. And a large portion of our spending power and the consumers that are able to have wealth within the stock market or within real estate prices, you know, they're able to consume at their current levels because they don't need to save and asset appreciation uh, from the existing assets they own offset, which would otherwise be savings out of discretionary income. And the Fed is just loath to uh, be the one that, that ends this current recovery and cycle and, and cause a bear market. They typically are. Uh, they're typically the cause of them. Um, and eventually they will be, and it may be for different reasons. Maybe it's not because they raise rates, but it's because they don't respond to inflation, and inflation can can be the end of the cycle regardless. And certainly if the inflationary pressures that we see now are in fact not transitory, they will uh, further the slowdown and they'll crimp consumer spending. We're already seeing evidence of that. We're seeing substitution already. And, and you know, we've discussed inflation you know, quite a bit on our, our recent conversations. And you know, after, after rumors of the, the transitory inflation, um, you know, this appears to, to not be the case. Um, you know, we are seeing wages rising, you know, supply is constrained, but demand is there. Um, so do you think that, you know, supply chain relie- relief will reduce the inflationary pressures? It'll reduce the cost pressures. I don't know if it'll reduce the inflationary pressures. Um, the inflationary pressures we've experienced for the last 12 months have been self-reinforcing. It's a natural cycle, and it's still in place. Uh, certainly, we'll get some relief as we de-bottleneck certain parts of the supply chain, in fact, that, may, that could add to inflationary pressures. It may reduce cost. It may boost some consumption marginally and increase a little bit of, of final demand. Uh, and in so doing, it may, again, put additional upward pressure on inflation uh, further down the supply chain. Um, when you look at inflation and you look at inflationary pressures, meaning are they increasing or decreasing, the rate of increase in inflation has already leveled off. It doesn't mean it's going to go lower. Uh, it just means it's not continuing to accelerate higher. So we're running mid-single-digit levels of inflation right now. It is supported by what we're seeing from a cost-push standpoint. It is supported by what we're seeing with wage growth. Uh, it just means we're not going to go to the high mid-single digits it doesn't mean we're going to go from 5% back to 3%. And it's important to understand that as we move forward across time, if the inflationary levels, meaning prices, continue to move higher at a mid-single-digit rate, it's going to create real issues within risk assets. We're going to start repricing risk assets. It's going to cause issues with how portfolios are structured, and you're going to start to see the response of that, and you'll see volatility increase 
Uh, but that's further down the road. That's something we would begin to experience probably into the first beginning of the second quarter of 2022 right now. Right now, inflationary pressures are not accelerating any further. They remain elevated. I would expect inflation to remain kind of this mid-single-digit level, and we'll see what happens next over the next six months. Right, and, and as we're looking out there, you know, the, the narrative in the market here is, is that demand is strong. Um, you know, the bottlenecks are really just the supply chain, which is preventing sales, and that's what's providing the, the margin pressure. Uh, do you think that once we figure out supply chain issues, um, which kind of somewhat coinciding with, with the Delta rollover, um, do you think we'll see a, a large spurt in economic growth? Yeah, I, I think we're seeing a little bit of that now. You can certainly look at it on high-frequency data. Um, and we're, what we're really essentially doing is we're getting to the final stages of the reopening. Um, ignore the variants and, and the pickup in COVID cases in the UK. It's not being followed with hospitalizations or deaths at any significant rate. And that's because a larger percentage of the population is, is now vaccinated or has some form of natural immunity. Um, and so we're going to move to the to the stage of the recovery where we're going to reopen. We're going to resume what will be the new normal. We're not going back to what we had before. Um, but it does mean we're going to learn to live with this virus. And so we'll see case spikes. The market will be less reactionary to them. And we're going to start trying to put the pieces together. Now, and we've talked about this growth slowdown for some time. And we had mentioned it was going to start showing up in employment data. And we started to see that in the September data. There's a lot of quirky things with this time of year in the, in the jobs number in September. But we're going to see a further and continuing, not just slowdown in industrial growth and activity, and we're going to see it as it's already started to spill over in employment activity. It's getting ready to spill over into goods consumption. And so although we're going to see an acceleration in economic activity in this fourth quarter and maybe into the first quarter, it's really not going to be sufficient to offset the, the broader slowdown that's underway. And it's important to understand that the slowdown in a, that's underway is, again, a self-reinforcing cycle. It started well before the Delta variant or any of these other issues with supply chains and, and other factors. Those are just narratives we've put around the direction of growth. They're not really the drivers of, of the growth slowdown. Um, so let's just take a quick peek ahead here, and as we head into the fourth quarter of, uh, of 21 now, uh, which is historically fourth quarter, seasonally strong period, mm -hmm. um, and even you know as we're, as we're looking at some of the riskier areas in the market, and, and I'll just pick on you know, U.S. small cap recently, um, we've seen that trade sideways, uh, So which I would say is encouraging, but you know, maybe a, a brief outlook as we prepare for the beginning of 2022? Yeah, no, I think you know, the narrative is seasonally, you're right, we should see you know, an upward bias, and I think we're seeing that. We came in bearishly positioned into the fourth quarter, and, and you know, portfolio managers will start chasing performance here. While we're seeing kind of a, a risk-on environment, the broader averages are selling off, money's coming out of the large tech companies moving into small caps. We've seen a resurgence uh, in the steepening of the short end of the yield curve. It's, it's really occurring globally. That's driving a, a kind of a, a, a mini reflationary trade, and that'll continue. But I really think 22 is going to be a very different market because we're going to move from this uh, post-extreme COVID recovery phase where we're pricing in, we're going back to normal, and we're going to price in that we're going to resolve these supply chains and meet this, uh, you know, high high demand uh, that's in the market right now, and then we'll get the services recovery. And if you look at the data, what's actually 
that narrative is very easy to believe, but I think it's a false narrative. I think what we're gonna, what's going to happen as we go through 22 is we're going to discover what actual permanent damage was done by COVID. It's important for investors to remember that we passed out a lot of transfer payments well in excess of the income that was lost by a factor of four or five X that papered over and allowed for this demand to continue that drew down inventories and supply chains and provided the, the stimulus for an economic recovery. The reality is when you look at inventories, they're very low in, in retail channels. They're eh, a little bit low as you look at wholesalers, then at manufacturing levels, they are almost bloated. So we have too much inventory at the beginning of the supply chain and not enough at the end. What that really means is we've got a lot of work in, 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 in process in the supply chain. We're going to get those final components. We're going to push it through, and we're going to discover that, oh, there was a lot of double ordering. So we're going to have orders canceled, and we're going to be going into a slowdown, and the Fed will be tapering or tightening liquidity, whether they're ever, ever able to raise rates again. Is, is yet to be determined. And then we're going to have to acknowledge that we're not going to get the full services recovery. We're not going to get business travel back to the same levels. And we have real structural damage that has occurred to the labor force, not just in North America, but around the world. We can't ignore the fact that 4 million people have walked out of the workforce, that when you shut down an economy or you change the way it functions for two years, Households make decisions. They leave areas in parts of the world with not uh, a well-developed healthcare system. You're talking about hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of deaths. And when that occurs, that labor pool has to move. It has to go back and take care of family. If they lose the primary caregiver for the children, they have to make adjustments in their lifestyle. In a more developed area. You've seen families make choices around whether they're going to remain a dual-income couple or maybe they're leaving certain areas of the service economy into others that were functioning during the pandemic shutdown, and they're not going back to those jobs that existed before. And because we're at a point globally, we were already uh, in large parts of the world at, at a level where the workforce was shrinking. We just have fewer people. And so these bottlenecks that we're going to deal with are going to be with us for some time. And so I think what's going to happen in 2022 is the slowdown is going to occur relatively uh, abruptly. It'll be acknowledged. It wouldn't surprise me that, you know, we're going to get a pass in third quarter earnings because we've got the excuse of great demand and bottlenecks. Then the fourth quarter is going to be, well, demand's okay, and we, you know, got some of the bottlenecks released. Well, what are we going to do in the first quarter of 22 if things are slower than they were in the fourth quarter of 21 and employment's not picking up and we're starting to recognize the structural challenges within labor force and supply chains and the cost pressures that may or may not be waning? And then I think the market's going to have to price in, oh, much lower growth. Uh, maybe we don't get the margins back. Oh, and by the way, we have more debt in the economy than we did before. And so it doesn't mean there's not going to be places to make money. It just means it's going to continue to narrow. And we'll start pricing in the reality of the damage that's associated with a two-year global pandemic. Um, and there's a lot of history to show that, that that's going to be the case. Good. 
Well, very good, uh, very good conversation today. Certainly uh, enjoyed having you back. It was great foresight, and so we'll see see how much of this shakes out uh, in the truth as, as time passes here. So thank you so much, Chris. Uh, enjoyed you having you, and uh, we'll catch you on here soon. Sounds good, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.